Look, look at this. You see now this is my new iPhone. So my microphone now has to dangle like a dongle. Oh, you've upgraded and, and you've been downgraded. <laughs> That's what happens, isn't it? <laughs> my microphone is obsolete, but my phone is actually de rigueur. Adventures in Wine. I'm David Chandler and he is Jason Yap. Close to my heart. Just grab some bottles. You sound like Ernie the Milkman, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, two, three, four, three bottles of rosé and a half bottle. No, we've five. Five? Five rosés. Okay. Wow. are a bit snobby about this mm-hmm. being historically I think there's been some stigma attached to rosé which is unfair and certainly an element of people who think rosé and fine wine are mutually exclusive it's not a man's drink Jason that's a total myth and uh, I've, I've always been of the opinion that some of the best wines out there are rosé Twenty-first century right. sales of rosé okay. have rocketed, and as when we last met, we touched upon Bondol, how they converted so much of the red wine production into rosé in the last twenty years. It's astounding, and so today I brought along a few of my favourites. Mm. I thought we'd just chat about rosé generally and, and taste them. Okay, you're going to prove to me then that rosé is not the viola of the wine world. I am, and it's just so much interest out there. First of all, I know you're very visually aware. Look at the difference in those colours, that spectrum of colour. Okay, yeah, agreed. Which one do you call rosé? From this very, very pale, what we call Van Gris, the kind of onion skin, or as I read the other day, even better expression, like ballet pumps. The um, okay, the the Rui there, up to this deep, dark terracotta of Tavel. So it's a big spectrum of um, rosé, without a doubt. The interesting thing has been the recent fashion over the last three or four years has been to these very, very pale Provençal rosés. Barely distinguishable from white wine, some of them. But that's fashion, and we all know the world of fashion is fickle, and I think that pendulum is starting to swing again. Far bit for me to prognosticate, but I think that some of these deeper coloured rosés are going to come back into the fold. And what that's all about... The key factor, how you make rosé wine, is um, 95% of it is made from red grapes, nearly all of which have white flesh or pulp. And so the colour doesn't come from the pulp or the juice, it comes from the skin contact from the juice. So really, in a nutshell, how long you leave that juice, the clear juice on the red skins, which is where all the colour is, denotes the depth of colour you have in the finished wine. And does that alter the flavour if you... Yeah, yeah, it does. 
As a general rule of thumb, the paler the rosés are, the drier they tend to be, and um, the darker coloured ones do tend to be fuller. And I mean, they're closer in style and taste to a red wine. Right. So it's a spectrum. And I thought a good place to start would be, and it must be close to your heart, David, because um, it's hard to believe it's three years ago now since you designed our own label, uh, for our own label, Rosé, which um, depicts the Citroen H-Van. And this is bottled under screw cap. That conserves its its freshness. I think there's a strong case for, for screw caps. We, we don't utilise them enough, really. And this is a blend of roughly equal parts of Grenache, Merlot and Syrah that comes from a very progressive carved cooperative in the Ardèche with whom we work very closely. And I'll just crank that closure. Sounds like you're cracking a walnut there. It doesn't, um, it's not quite as beautifully sonic. Cheers. Cheers. Because um, popping the cork, is it? But no, it's not. But look at that um, lovely coral pink colour. This is a gorgeous colour. Very nice. Wildflower, soft red fruit aromas there. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely mid-weight, dry, very fresh summery. It's quintessential summer drink. It's astringent, isn't it? Really? That's, the, that's the 2016 vintage. Mm. I think it's, it's fruity, it's, it's dry, it's got a nice fresh acidity. That's very important yeah, with rosé wine. Mm-hmm. That's your incentivization to have, a, have another sip. So it works really well out of doors. I convened with my book club earlier in the week and we were mm-hmm. drinking this outdoors and um, it went down very well. This is very, very good. Do you think this is better than last year's, this this particular offering? Well, we've had a good vintage run. You could serve that as an aperitif or um, that would stand up very well to some substantial salads. I like salads with other things in eggs. and <laughs> What constitutes a substantial salad? Yeah, well, that's uh, why. Uh, yeah, now when you've got a, got a few, compass. few eggs and uh, anchovies and crouton, I like a crouton. Um, garlicky crouton. A few carbs in your salad. Exactly. Mm. Now this is one of the palest rosés you'll ever come across. You can hardly call that a rosé. Beautiful, though, isn't it? This is the new 2017 vintage of Rui from Loire Valley. One of the, I think they're the least known and arguably therefore the most underrated of what we call the central vineyards, made by Gerard Cordier. Beautiful pale onion skin colour. And so Pinot Gris is the grape here, much better known elsewhere under its Italian name of Pinot Grigio, mm-hmm. and which can be pretty insipid. But this is one I've been really looking forward to showing you. So lovely pale pink, really dry. As I was saying, the paler ones do tend to be the driest of the lot. 2017 was the smallest grape harvest since 1945. So these are going to be gone in the blink of an eye. They're just coming onto the market now. And by the autumn, they'll be disappearing. That's a gorgeous colour. And also, I'm getting, is that almonds? Yeah, there's a slight sort of nutty notes there. Really dry. And a little bit Mm. of rose hip and red currant. And a, a really zingingly fresh acidity. It's really, got a, a bit more depth. But it's got a long, mm-hmm. persistent finish. Oh, yeah, really, it it's goes. got great length. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And funny enough, this is one of few rosés that is traditionally drunk with oysters. And back in the day, there used to be a big oyster festival in Rui, and um, they would drink this by the um, bucket load. 
you say that? When you say Reu, it just sounds like a bit of a grunt, doesn't it? It's R E U I double L Y. Not to be confused with R U double L Y in Burgundy, which um, is. Uh, well, I, you kept me on French What is that? Now I think we're better off moving. Is that an insult? Uh, no. No, but our next wine, we're going to stay in the in the central vineyards. Really, it's pretty good pronunciation, but um, uh, I'm not coming to be an expert. I'm still on safer ground here, and you painted a lovely watercolor of this Manitou Salon, you yeah. know, 2017 vintage Manitou Salon rosé, which is made from pure Pinot Noir. Yeah, and I sent the finished artwork to Patricia Taylor, who mm. phoned me last week, almost in tears. She was practically speechless. Aww. So uh, that was well received as an understatement. She was delighted with it, mm. David. So thank you very much for that. This, I'm, I'm ever budget conscious, is a little half bottle. Doesn't it look sweet? It's very, lovely. Very actually. handy for a picnic. Yeah. If you are walking along, where is it you like to walk? Um, <laughs> the, the pilgrim routes. Uh, you know, you'd want to have one of these in your, even if you're travelling light. Even your, if I'm in Spain, I would want to take a bottle of Manitou Salon with me. So, slightly deeper colour. So, slightly more skin contact. Mm-hmm. 2017, I was saying it was a very short vintage. It was a very good vintage. Manitou Salon, actually, they made more in 2017 than they did in 2016, so they had very bad frost okay. um, in 2016. So, that was a very short vintage for them. I mean, it always varies from place to place. To my eye, this is a rosé-looking rosé. This is the first one that we can say is proper pink-like. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely kind of salmon pink. Mm. Uh, wild salmon has that slightly fuller colour. It's lovely kind of limpid robe. And lots of that summer berry fruit. It's kind of a bit of raspberry, a bit of strawberry. I was going to say marshmallows. Can so, I say that? You can, yeah. Mm. That's that shown really, really well. I mean, um, that is so nice. Quite often, when these wines are newly mm. shipped, they have a bit of what we call bottle shock. They just don't show their best. But that is right. okay. that is that is one. I mean, I think there's a fairly good case for drinking rosé when it's pretty young. A few of them, and again, it tends to be the more substantial, fuller coloured ones. Mm-hmm are actually, you know, do merit short-term bottle age, right. two or three years. Okay. But but this, I mean, I would advocate staying on the youngest vintage you can get. I worked my way through a, a bottle of this the other night, Jason, a bottle of Manitou Salon with a lightly spiced Thai curry. Was that the wrong thing to do? No, no, I think you could happily do that. No, that's why I love rosés, that they're, they're very versatile and compared with... A lot of dry white wine, you have more food matching possibilities. Okay. And especially at this time of year, it's quite seasonal. Although, interestingly, back in the day, rosé had a six-month summer season, and now it's a year-round mm-hmm. summer. We sell it all the year round. Sure, we sell much more in the summer, mm-hmm. but it's the millennials and generation why who uh, don't have this stigma probably can't remember the mass producers of branded roses I won't know any names of the 70s the 1970s yeah, that one in that bottle uh, oh don't go there don't go there <laughs> I think that put a lot of people off but this, this younger generation in, in, uh, in their 20s and 30s don't have those memories and therefore are much more open minded they're uh, fluid they are yeah. and uh, in a good way 
I've got another interesting one coming up. From one of my favourite states, again in the 2017 vintages. This is from Domaine Saparal down in Corsica, in mm -hmm. the hills above Sartén. Mm -hmm. Made by Philippe Farinelli. And um, I know you've come across this before, but not in this vintage. It's made from a blend of Vermentino, which is a synonym of roll, and Corsican favourites, Chacarello, and a little touch of Neolucho. Mm -hmm. Vermentino is a white grape. Chacarello and Neolucho uh, are red, so that's where all the colours coming from. And that's a lovely coral pink. Corsica is a fantastic area for wine production because great elevation, natural drainage, these granitic soils, surrounded by sea, but they they don't have any heavy incentive to export them because they have so many tourists visiting in the, All right. in the summer. But this was a real find. It's over 10 years ago we first shipped this. And um, it's one of my favorites because you get on the nose this kind of wild herb, that mm. maquis. All right, yeah. The maquis is myrtle and thyme and lavender. Napoleon swore he could smell the Mackie when he was in exile on Elba. Well, we all know um, about Napoleon and his um, olfactory abilities. He certainly couldn't smell it from Santalina, but um, <laughs> he uh, he had a bad time of it there, I think. This is a personal favourite, Philip Farinelli's Domaine Saparal. There's a kind of wild, untamed it's note bit, there. It's a bit more forward, isn't it? You'll one? never find this in the galley aisle of a supermarket, I tell you, because the production's very small. Mm -hmm. Tiny production in 2017. They didn't make much at all, partly because of the heat. Mm -hmm. It was a triple whammy in, in 2017. Okay. Frost, hail, and heat. Yeah. Sounds like English weather. We're, we're undoubtedly, we're getting changing weather patterns, as we saw here with snow and sunbathing being a month apart this year. Mm -hmm. That's why it can be difficult to break open the rosé, I find. If it's raining, it's not... No, it's not really conducive. It's not my go-to wine. No, no, it's atmospherics. Right. Well, the next rosé may be a rainy day one, but this, suddenly I think we're crying out for food, uh, particularly seafood. You, any kind of um, fleshy fish, you know, I'm thinking things like red mullet, mm. a la plancha, get it on the grill. Or any kind of crustacea, lobster, crab, even you know, some crevette, prawn, absolutely delicious. I tell you what, looking at the fishmonger's slab the other day, the red mullet's looking very pretty right now. We should uh, plan be, a lunch next. That would be the thing to have. And then we couldn't really do justice to a rosé tasting mm. without including this wine, which is from Tavel. And Tavel is France's only exclusively rosé appellation. Okay. And it's funny, it comes from down in the Southern Rhone, mm -hmm. uh, on the western bank, opposite Chateauneuf-du-Pape. And weirdly, in Chateauneuf-du-Pape, which was the first Apple of Saint in 1936, there's no rosé wine, they only make red and white. Okay. And then on the opposite bank, which was inaugurated into the Apple of Saint in 1937, you have only rosé. That's all they make. All right. Seven different grapes. Let me reel them off for you. Seven? Seven different grapes. Grenache Noir, they love a blend down in the Southern Rhine. <laughs> it's, it's how they... No, it's how they get the, the harmony in the wine. Um, Grenache Noir, Syrah, Sanso, Grenache Blanc, Bourblanc, Carignan, and Clairette. And tell me, can you taste all seven? No. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. All seven have...
have a role. And blending is a real art form. The regisseur, the uh, the blenders, okay, they get there's like strikers at football teams. They get paid big money. Well, I'm yeah. I'm sure of that. So 2016, lovely vintage. This is the deepest colour. I mean, mm. that is terracotta, really. Yeah. And, uh, that's at the darkest end of the spectrum. It's, I mean, we are heading for crimson there, actually. Yeah. I mean, I think if you tasted this blind uh, ambient temperature, you might think it was a red wine because yeah. there's a little rasp of tannin at the back. Okay. And you're getting almost stewed red fruit. Mm -hmm. It's quite a full throttle rosé, this. And uh, I'm edging towards the barbecue and grilled red meat, really. Oh, that's lovely. That really is good. Maybe, um, you know, a Vietnamese beef salad with quite a lot of chilli. Mm -hmm. It can definitely handle chilli spice. Mm. Um, uh, this we have road tested many times in, in food and wine matching trials and um, it just shows you I mean that with five wines there we've seen a complete range from the the very dry you know rose hip scented rui to this full bodied rich rounded luscious uh, tavel I mean it's yeah. there's something for everybody it's a complete spectrum it is and that that is just a snapshot of it there's many more Really interesting roses coming out of the market, and um, it's finally, I mean, it's it's day in the sun, and we should drink to that. We should indeed. Cheers. Cheers. More adventures in wine at www.yap.co.uk.